0: Welcome to the Clerk Commute Podcast, where we discuss clerkship content, share up-to-date research, work through interesting cases, and gather physician advice for your next rotation. Good morning, clerks. Welcome back to another episode of the Clerk Commute. Today, we have the privilege of interviewing Dr. Gion, staff family medicine physician and lecturer with a specialty career in HIV primary care. Thanks so much for joining us on the podcast today, Dr. Gion. We are really looking forward to our conversation.
1: Hey, thank you so much for having me. So before we get into the meat of the questions today, um, would you be able to give a little introduction to yourself and maybe explain what your journey was like that led you to family medicine?
2: Yeah, sure. Um, so I, I would say that my journey to family medicine was, um, you know, a pretty <laughs> up and down journey. Um, and I don't think it's unlike what a lot of people go through in clerkships. So uh, you know when I started medical school I wasn't really sure what I wanted to do I was interested in pediatrics maybe internal medicine um, and so in pre-clerkship I spent a lot of time exploring those two careers and uh, when I entered clerkship um I had sort of planned my rotations to do pediatrics and internal medicine early on because I was interested in that and it actually became clear what while i was doing those rotations that maybe it wasn't the right fit for me for a variety of reasons and so that stressed me out quite a bit because i wasn't really sure what i wanted to do and and then i found family medicine and it it all sort of clicked i think with with few more rotations in clerkship having done um, a lot of the generalist rotations having ruled out some stuff by about halfway through and really enjoying um, doing a little bit of everything. And, you know, you may hear this from other preceptors, but family doctors typically choose family medicine because they don't really want to give up on anything. (laughs) That's kind of what happened to me too. I just loved everything about every rotation um, that involved building relationships with patients and being able to offer continuity of care and really being embedded in the community. And so... So that's how I I ended up here. (laughs) A lot of second guessing and a lot of um, difficult times as I was trying to navigate some of these decisions. So, you know, not to feel alone in that. If if that happens to be you or, you know, you're three months into clerkship and you're like, I haven't had a moment where I'm like certain that I want to do something. I think that's pretty typical. Um, And there you can certainly build a great career. And pick what you want to do, even if you don't know for sure right away.
0: Nice. That's amazing. That's reassuring to know that you can kind of really find your passion even after um, something that you thought you might have really like didn't kind of match to as well as you may have thought. Um, so as we know, you have a specialty career in HIV primary care. So I think within um, family medicine a little bit, we know that there are all these plus ones and specialties, but I think that can be a little bit confusing sometimes for clerks and um, uh, medical students to understand and navigate so, um, we're hoping to learn a little bit about that now. So when did you decide that you wanted to do a plus one and did you go into family medicine knowing you wanted to complete one, or was that a decision that you made during residency?
2: Yeah. So, I mean, so I guess there's two parts to that. Like one, did I go into family medicine knowing I wanted to do a plus one and sorry, what was the second part? That... And
0: when, when did you decide?
2: Oh, okay. Okay. That makes sense. So Um, no I didn't actually go into family medicine thinking I was going to do a plus one Um, like I'd mentioned before I was sort of all over the place when (laughs) deciding on what I wanted to do and um, you know emergency medicine was also on the table for me because I wanted to do all the generalist specialties and so I heard about the opportunity to do a plus one and emerge through family being like one of the more popular routes that people take Um, but I actually wasn't Aware that there were so many different types of plus ones you can do. So, uh, depending on the school you go to, and particularly at U of T, there's just so many options that exist. And there's even a make your own year type of plus one. If you're self directed enough and you have a passion enough, you can cobble together something um, to get some extra training. So, these were not necessarily options I knew until I was applying to um, family medicine and then after getting in going to the information fair at U of T. So what happens when you enter family medicine at U of T specifically because that's where I trained um, you get to pick a site where you want to train out of and that's when you can explore a little bit more about the different types of plus ones as well that are available. Um, So going into family medicine I was sort of open to any opportunities, including like the eMERGE plus one, but ultimately that wasn't what I ended up wanting to do. And around, I guess, towards the end of first year in family, I think I made the decision to apply to HIV primary care specifically. And, um, you know, that came from a wide variety of experiences, but training at St. Michael's Hospital uh, as a trainee, working with mentors who did HIV primary care was a huge um, inspiration for me. And also, you. we were just exposed to patients living in very diverse, vulnerable situations, many of them who were living with HIV. And so the intersectionality of being able to address some of those social determinants of health, um, that's so closely tied with an HIV diagnosis, but also being able to treat HIV, which is pretty amazing. If you think about what HIV was back in the 80s. Um, As a family doctor, it's it it was, you know, very eye opening for me. And yeah, so decided to apply end of PGY1. And I guess the rest is history.
0: That's amazing. Thanks for telling us a little bit about that. It's nice to hear and interesting that there's actually so many. I feel like you hear a lot about um, the Emerge Plus Ones and the OB Mm -hmm. Plus Ones, but I feel like some of these other ones aren't really talked about. So it's really interesting to hear more about that. Um, So you mentioned you applied at the end of your PGY1 year. Um, So what was the application process for that like?
2: So you go through um, a formal application process, not dissimilar to CARM's, um, where you'll have like an internet portal that you submit your cover letter and, you know, CV and get your references and all of that. Um, And it starts around the beginning of PGY2. And so, you know, this year, I think the applicants went through their applications around September, October we interviewed in November and the decisions come out end of November, early December. So it's a lot faster than CARM's, but it's a similar idea where you put in a formal application through the system. Um, and, and it is different depending on which schools you're applying to. So I would encourage anyone who's interested to research the programs that they're interested in. You know, often they don't get mountains of applications they're, they are they tend to be a reasonable number. Um, so there's always a contact person you can reach out to if any of the details are are unclear. But I would say by, you know, end of the year in PGY2, so the calendar year, um, you should be knowing whether you're, you're going to do a plus one or not.
0: Okay, nice. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Um, and then so when you were first starting out, how were you kind of able to narrow your practice to focus on a specialized patient population like that? So like when I started practicing family medicine,
2: like how did I build an HIV primary care practice? Mm -hmm. Okay, yeah. No, it's a really good question. And I think um, it, it, it was really one of the reasons why I chose to pursue a plus one was because I wanted to be able to embed myself in the community and network appropriately so that I could set myself up for a more specialized practice. Um, in addition to learning more of the skills. But, you know, I would say that relationships are, are key in anything we do in medicine, uh, not just for patient care, but for the community to trust you and to get to know you, um, to refer patients to you, particularly for, for people who are like, you know, incredibly vulnerable or people who've faced barriers in the healthcare system um, already. So, and what I mean by that is I think a lot of people living with HIV due to um, immigration status or sexuality or gender identity or other issues like housing or income have faced a lot of systemic barriers. And so they're a bit hesitant to access healthcare sometimes. Um, And so, so they really want to be in a place where they feel safe and they can feel connected. So doing the fellowship, I was able to kind of network with the specialists that provide HIV primary care so that when they see their patients and they don't have a family doctor, they can say, hey, I know someone down the street who knows about HIV and who's a nice person and and they can take you on. And so it's a bit of a warm um, referral or a warm handover, I guess, of the patient. And also I was able to network with the public health nurses who do a lot of HIV uh, counseling and diagnosing and testing um, alongside the doctors that also practice. So they kind of have my cell phone number or they have my email and they text me to say, Hey, we have a new patient who really needs a doctor. Are you able to take them? Um, and so a lot of these, I guess more informal and formal contacts Um are, are key to just getting your name out there and, and building those connections to to get those referrals. I'm also lucky and I work at St. Michael's Hospital and, and we have a very robust group of HIV primary care providers. And so for those who aren't that familiar, like we have about six sites throughout the city and um, a couple of them are pretty like uh, well-oiled teams that provide HIV primary care, like we have social workers, pharmacists um, who do HIV specifically, doctors who have been doing this for years. So because of the reputation we have, I think a lot of patients are referred centrally through us um, and they're kind of divided up amongst the team. And so utilizing again, my networks, um, really building those formal and informal connections helped me build the practice that, that, um, suited the training that I had, um, and to continue to, I guess, keep up with the community and make sure that they know that you're there.
0: Thank you. That's amazing. It's really nice to hear, um, a little bit more about your specialty and about all these plus ones and what inspired you to do that and kind of how you built your practice. I do have a follow-up question. Yeah. If- So you have to apply, or you're saying you
1: apply just a year into residency because family med is only two years. Mm -hmm. If someone, let's say they finish their second year and then finds a specific interest that they're in, are you able to apply to a fellowship or plus one later on, or is that something that you can only do coming um, out of your second year?
2: Yeah, no, that's a really great question. Um, So I would say you're not necessarily limited by the time you are done your family medicine residency. You can certainly apply afterwards. Um, There are some barriers to YP, someone might not want to do that, but we've had fellows that have come through after the residency or fellows that have actually been working for a few years before they decide to apply to the HIV primary care one specifically. Um, So certainly possible. Um, I, I don't I can't speak to necessarily all the other programs, but um extra training in family medicine is is something that people do decide to pursue a few years into their career, right? And and for example, like Emerge is another one where maybe the formal plus one, there may be some restrictions around that. Um, but there's a small like three-month program that you can apply to as a practicing family doctor where it's sort of a mini fellowship, I guess, where you work with um, existing practicing eMERGE docs to really build up skills for particularly family docs who wanna do some eMERGE work in rural areas. So those you know, have been utilized by friends and colleagues that have been working already. So not to feel restricted <laughs> and having to apply for something uh, right out of residency, it's it's certainly possible to explore options for further training afterwards and I would say you know that's one of the best things about family medicine like you're not restricted to any one type of career you can really be flexible and change and retrain and train extra (laughs) if you're really motivated uh, to to pursue the type of career that you you want within uh within a
1: generalist practice okay great thank you yeah And so now moving on to to some advice for clerks. Um, What are your expectations of a medical clerk during their family medicine block? Let's say they're they're working with you and what can a student do to stand out during the rotation?
2: Yeah, so I would say that uh, most of us are very nice and we're really excited to have clerks on with us. They're Our pride and joy. And I often find that most people really enjoy their family medicine rotation. So for anyone who has an upcoming family medicine workshop rotation, don't worry, it's going to be fun. You're gonna have a great time. Most of us just really want you to succeed um, and show you how awesome the job can be. So really, I think the biggest thing is showing up and trying. And what I mean by that is really coming in with a positive attitude, eager to learn you know, showing up um kind of ready to see anything. And that that truly is the the day-to-day of family medicine. Literally anything could happen. It could be a very chill day with lots of follow-ups and patients I've known for years, or it could be complete chaos or anything else in between. And so it's it's truly one of those rotations where I think you can see a little bit of everything. And um, if you are here with an open mind and really eager to learn, you're going to get the most out of it. Um, Some of the best clerks are really the clerks who who come on time. They've got goals. You know, you've really kind of thought through some objectives or things you really want to see so that we can support your learning. Um, And you feel like you've succeeded at seeing some stuff and doing some stuff while you're here with us, Um, clerks who ask questions and are just able to demonstrate some curiosity towards the patients we're seeing. Like, you know, I remember being a clerk and feeling like I don't know anything, like there's just so many questions you wanna ask, so many things you wanna clarify, so just go ahead and ask them, you know? And I think that really shows a lot of um, enthusiasm and a lot of a desire for self-directed learning uh, that we can really try to support. And um, being helpful and being willing to help out in situations where maybe your preceptor is running late, or, you know, there's a patient who needs a little bit of extra attention, just showing up and being available really goes a long way in family medicine, because that's really what we're there to do. We're there to be um, guides for our patients. We're there to be, you know, supports and physicians and caretakers and, and everything really so having a student who's who's sort of uh, willing and available and present is, is really makes a big difference. And I guess another practical tip would be be nice to our staff. And <laughs> we work in interdisciplinary teams for the most part. And without our clerical and our nurses and our allied health professionals, we couldn't do the job that we do. So having their back and their, them having our backs and the students also
1: you know, displaying that type of attitude is 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 huge. Great. Thank you. Do you have any little things that clerks can do kind of throughout the day um, if they're working with you to to maybe help things run smoother and not be more of a, be more of a help than a burden? <laughs> you guys are never burdens, so mm. so not to worry. And I know sometimes it's hard, right? Because
2: as a clerk you're really trying to balance learning. Um, but you also want to be speedy and you want to look good in front of your preceptors and feel like you have some knowledge and feel like you helped patients. And, you know, there's so many conflicting um, priorities <laughs> often in a day. Um, but I, I do really want to emphasize that you're, you're there for your learning. Like we, and we recognize that um, clerkship is part of your, medical school, like you're there to absorb information and learn how to take a history and do physical exams and synthesize the materials like you're not there for, quote, quote, service, as we call it, like, it's not your job to be there. So I think just really focusing on learning um, helps us a lot, like not, not to be bogged down with, with um, providing service so much as Taking everything in as a learner um, can really be helpful. And again, like being keen to learn, being like present, being there on time, like you know, checking in. Those are really the the things that that we expect of clerks. Like we don't. I, I wouldn't say that I, I've ever like expected a clerk to to like push my clinic along. Like that's certainly not. <laughs> don't worry, that's not an expectation at all. Um, but. Yeah, like I, I'm just trying to think like little things you can do. I, I mean, I, I really think the biggest thing is just being there on time, checking in um, around expectations for the day with your preceptor, and just being open to, to some chaos, like just being open and flexible to, to how different the day might look from from one day to another because that's just how it is in family medicine.
1: Just out of curiosity, in your specialized practice, do you generally get clerks who are doing their standard family med rotation or do you have more um, elective students?
2: Yeah, I I would say I've had a mix. So working at St. Mike's, um, you know, we are a teaching hospital, so we do get core clerks who come through as part of their uh, mandatory rotations. And so those clerks may not necessarily have a keen interest in HIV primary care, but they will see my HIV patients. And I know that's been mostly a positive experience for learners just to be able to to engage with that population and learn a little bit of the specialized medicine as well. Um, And then I do get, uh, well, us as a team, I guess, at, at the family health team do get some requests for elective students, and we can certainly accommodate that. There's an inner city health elective that you can do through St. Michael's hospital, where it's not necessarily just HIV primary care, but you would be working with a team of people who practice HIV primary care. So you would see HIV, you would see substance use, some homelessness, um, you know, working with, with providers who have uh, specialized training in like trans care, for example, um, which may be a little bit more specific to the, the downtown inner city population. Um, so that's certainly an option and we do get get a lot of elective clerks that, that choose to pursue that.
1: Great, thank you. And then we have one final question. Mm-hmm. So for students who are, are either in their clerkship and know that they want to do family med and maybe have a special interest in, in a plus one, Or if you're in your first year of residency in family med and know that you want to apply to a plus one, the start of your second year, is there anything that students can do to kind of stand out or to improve their application?
2: Mm, Yeah, I mean, I guess, you know, I'm sort of thinking about it from two different perspectives. So one would be medical students who are applying to family medicine residency with a potential interest in a plus one versus like a resident who's already in family medicine, who's thinking about a plus one. So for medical students, what I would say that that you should remember the most is applying for family medicine and a plus one, you're ultimately applying for a career in family medicine. So I I do want to emphasize that because I think um I mean, you know, this isn't true of everybody, but the majority of people who want to do a plus one still need to do two years of family medicine training and ultimately work as family doctors in some capacity. Like I I am a family doctor, like I do have a specialized population that I I feel confident caring for, but at at my heart and at my core and, and really what I'm going to be doing probably for the rest of my life is practicing family medicine. And so if you don't love family medicine, like if you don't love primary care and being, you know, and building relationships and being a part of a patient's journey in some sort of longitudinal fashion, um, I think it would be hard to do a two year residency and then pursue a plus one, because ultimately a lot of the plus ones are kind of there to help you become a better family doctor. Um And, and so so that's what I would sort of ask medical students to keep in mind. And so in order to stand out in your application, um, I would encourage you to sort of think about how you would stand out in a family medicine application, uh, first and foremost, and then you can sort of plan to self specialize or do a little bit more extra training, once you've built those skills. Now, as a resident, I think it's a little bit different because you're already embedded in the family medicine training and you're you're acquiring some of those skills. And now you're sort of contemplating, okay, do I want to be practicing comprehensive family medicine um, and having a little bit of a specialized practice? Or do I want to be doing something that's a little bit less so comprehensive family medicine, like hospitalist medicine or emergency medicine? Um, you know something like that and so in those situations I would just encourage you to do electives and network with people who have similar career as as those that match your goals so you can really tease out whether this is the type of job you want to go into um, and having elective experience and and real-time clinical experience is probably one of the best things that can strengthen your application, particularly like in an interview where, it, you know, the panel may not be very large and there may be a few people who are just kind of interested in getting to know you. And so nothing speaks louder than like actual experience and passion um, that really arises from doing doing
1: the work and, and seeing the patients. Great, thank you so much. This is really helpful advice and I think this has given us a lot of clarity on on what it is like to do a family med residency and um, considering different plus ones. So thank you.
2: Yeah, no problem. I hope it's helpful, and I will put in a quick plug that um, you know I think right now we're entering um, or we're currently in a state um, in the healthcare system where we're primary care or family doctors are really facing a crisis. Um, you, you may be hearing about this, uh, on the media or through friends and family or through coworkers that, that we really need more family doctors. And I, I do want to put in a huge plug for how wonderful of a career it is. Um, and for anyone who's interested in family medicine or even thinking about it, I would really encourage you to reach out to your mentors, shadow a family doctor, work with someone that that's, that's doing something that even if it's a plus one or something that's interesting to you um, to, to get a sense of, of what it's like. And hopefully you'll be able to find out how rewarding it is and how much fun it is. And again, how much flexibility it affords. And I know that like, I couldn't have ended up where I am now, <laughs> if I hadn't gone into family medicine, um, and working into working with this population um, is, is sort of like the best thing I think I could have envisioned for myself as a career, even in hindsight, like thinking about me as a medical student (laughs) and figuring out what to do with my life. So I really want to put a plug out there to just get out there, shadow someone, work with someone and get a a taste for what it's really like.
0: Thank you. That sounds so wonderful. And I think all of our listeners interested in family or maybe Others who thought they were interested in something else, but maybe now after this episode might be interested in family. (laughs) I will really appreciate your advice. So thank you so much. It was so lovely to have you. Awesome. Thank you for having me. Thank you for listening to another episode of the Clerk Commute Podcast. Catch you on your next commute.